know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Season Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, podcast land? This is your host, Jamin Joe of the Band for All Seasons podcast. And on this week's episode, guys, we're talking all things Peach Bowl and Georgia Athletics. As we get you set for this incredible, unbelievable matchup with Georgia and Ohio State. We will be talking some Georgia basketball as well to begin this week's episode. And so we're talking all Georgia athletics this week. Very excited about our guest of the week that we'll be connecting with via the Fan for All Seasons fan line here in a little bit. Very excited about that. But before we get into the sports conversation, guys, it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more. Georgia smoke.com and so like i said we'll be connecting with our guest of the week via the fan for all seasons fan line here in one second and fan for all season fans we're back we've connected with our guest of the week via the fan for all seasons fan line and for a lot of you guys his voice sounds very familiar particularly if you're in the athens area you can catch this guy weekday morning 6 a.m to 10 a.m on athens sports radio 960 the ref he's you can also hear him on the second string podcast as well as if you go out to foley field this spring he is the pa voice for georgia baseball he is the man the myth the legend my good friend logan booker logan how's it going man joe man when you put it that way my voice is all over athens isn't it <laughs> it really is that down a little bit I, you make me sound like i never stop uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to join you man happy uh, signing day the day we're recording this and uh, basketball in full swing the georgia bulldogs uh right where we all expected them number one in the playoffs and uh, undefeated i guess uh things are good right now joe hopefully you can say the same man happy holidays too ha- Happy holidays to you too. And it's looking good over here in the ATL. What, like what you were saying with Georgia, you know, everything's looking good. You know, football's doing its thing. Basketball's doing its thing. And so that's where I want to start, Logan. I want to get your yeah. thoughts on first year head coach Mike White and just how, so how big of a victory was it for Georgia that they got over Notre Dame this past Sunday? Yeah, so I mean, no one's going to pretend like Notre Dame's a, a Final Four team, but it is a Power Five team. They, they play a full ACC schedule. And, and look, coming off of the previous regime and I think we were all rooting for uh, Coach uh, Crean. We all liked Coach Crean. I don't think he did anything to upset anybody other than just not put the wits on the board but for Georgia to already and again I'll reference time of recording this we beat Chattanooga earlier today with nine wins already on the season. Uh, you take every single one of them no matter who the opponent is but yes going down to Atlanta playing in State Farm Arena beating a team like Notre Dame that big brand uh, I think it's huge. I think Coach White has really re-energized this fan base. I think he's re-energized the, the player. Uh, I can I can tell you just from a knowing him, Mike Mobley, the Georgia SID, is giddy excited uh, to be working with and around Coach White. He speaks nothing but just uh, amazing things about him, and I think we're learning to win again. I, I honestly, it's kind of sad, but the last couple of years, we Georgia fans have kind of forgotten what that feels like, and I think uh, learning to fit again as a team, as a fan base, I'm very excited about where this is going to go. Now, now when SEC schedule picks up, we are going to run into some buzzsaws. There's no doubt about that. There are some teams out there that are just stacked up and built a lot better than we are today. Uh, but the first step, getting this program turned around, you know the old saying, a cruise boat, you don't turn it around in a day. It, it takes a while, and, and we're doing that first step right now. So I'm very excited about him. I finally got to uh, see him uh, earlier today against Chattanooga. And this, there's a lot of things I like about this team, and it all 
starts with Coach White. So uh, I'm excited. I, I really don't have much expectation in terms of what makes a good season when it comes to wins and losses. Uh, but I think we're going to see some wins in SEC play, and I think we're going to get really excited about it in the, the short-term future, talking the next couple of seasons. I, uh, I think we're going to start packing that steg again, Joe. I can't wait, man. I absolutely agree with you about that. And you referenced the Chattanooga game today. And what really impressed me in that game today was how Georgia continued to fight back. I'll give Chattanooga yeah. a ton of credit. Um, they, they definitely made plays as far as hitting shots from three. The big seven-foot kid gave us problems yeah. early. But Georgia found a way to win. And, and I think getting a win like that against an upstart Chattanooga team is definitely good for, for Coach White and, and for the Georgia program in general. You, you know, b- yeah. building wins together, stacking wins. And I, I, I was really proud of how they came back. I want to say they were down by as much as eight or ten points and how they came yeah. back in the second half. Yeah, no, it was it, good teams win those games. Uh, Chattanooga is a good program, by the way. That seven-footer you referenced, uh, I don't, I don't want to get into collusion or anything, but if he ever wants to transfer to Georgia, we'll take him, man. That guy is good. Absolutely. I think that was a good win. I, I felt like uh, Georgia never gave up. I feel like previous regime may have thrown the towel in a little bit earlier, and that's not being negative. That's just calling a spade a spade. I think this team showed a lot of grit. They, uh, so let's let's beat up on Ryder in a week or so. Then let's let's jump into SEC play and see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I want to bring one more thing that stood out with me as far as the uh as far as the Georgia Chattanooga game today. And it's got to be the play of Cario Oquindo. I mean, not yeah. only did he hit some big threes, but he had that phenomenal tomahawk dunk over the big seven-foot kit for Chattanooga. That was something else. Yeah, that, I'm so glad he came back. He so easily could have hit the transfer portal and gone somewhere else without a new... And, uh, you, you talk about the status of damn good dog. I, I don't know Cario, and I haven't really met him or anything, but what he's done for this program coming back, uh, put the DGD on him just for that... So I, I appreciate being a foundation, one of those pillars that Coach White's going to need to build this thing. So hats off to Cario, man. I hope he has a great season coming up. Absolutely agree. And I think you could put Braylon Bridges in that category too, oh, yeah. for sure. sure, sure. Well, well, so we're going to leave basketball, Logan, and we're going to talk some Georgia football here. Yeah. The first topic with Georgia football I want to talk with you about is Kirby Smart is leading Georgia to the college football playoff, and they're coming off an undefeated regular season and an SEC title. So how impressed have you been with the job that Kirby Smart has done? It, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I think we have always dreamt as sports fans of these types of glory days that we would one day get to live through. I never knew it would be this sweet. Uh, winning a national championship was my holy grail, a lot of our holy grail that we uh, wanted to see in, in our lifetimes. We finally got that, and to lose 15 players to the draft, uh, to kind of go through a little bit of roster management with some good players transferring elsewhere, you just plug in a bunch of dudes, no transfers, and you find yourself at 13th, though, in the number one seed in the playoff is, is unfathomable. I mean, I'll, I'll put myself in the category with many others that said all summer long, hey, this Georgia team's going to be really good. Will it be as good as last year? Probably not. Uh, is there a loss on the schedule? I don't see it, but it's probably there. And, and that's the way football works. And for that not to have come uh, yet, and then to win the SEC, I know it was LSU, and I'm not sure they were the best team in the West. Um, I, I still think that was Alabama, but Alabama did not do what it needed to do to get in that game, so I'm not going to feel sorry for them. And I'm also not going to feel sorry for beating up on LSU, but to win this and be where we are, I think Kirby Smart is finally getting that credit nationally that I think we as Georgia fans have known he's capable of doing. Yeah, go ahead and squash that, that, that silly argument about, oh, well, Kirby doesn't develop players. That's dead. I mean, that, that'll 
will never be said again as long as he's a coach. Uh, winning a national championship, obviously a huge ordeal, but I think he's finally being talked about as one of, if not the best coach in college football today. I know Alabama had one hell of a national signing day today, but you know what? They always do that. I need to see how they're going to, quote, rebuild next year without a ton of dudes. But I'm giddy excited for where we are with the football program. Uh, obviously, I expect and I hope Georgia can win these next games and lift another big trophy. But let me just tell you, man, if that doesn't happen, hats off to whoever finds a way to beat this team and this Georgia team. To quote Kirby Smart a few years ago, it ain't go, it's not going to and this Georgia team is going to be really good for a long, long time. And, uh, Joe, I think you and I have said this many times, drink it up, soak it up, because they not last forever. Uh, but I see this one lasting a while, man. I've never been more proud to be a Georgia fan, a supporter, an alumni than I am right now. I, I, got, I got a tear in my eye. Go dogs, man. Go, go dogs, man. Go dogs. I, I absolutely agree with you. I I mean, how I look at it, the job that Kirby's done, I, I knew after after the heartbreak that we've had coming so close and then being able yeah. to reload how Kirby has despite losing 15 guys to the NFL draft, it, re- it really is... It really is just absolutely impressive. And the buy-in that he's able to get kids to want to come here and play, it, it, it really is just mind-boggling to me. And I, and I like a lot of Georgia fans everywhere, are just so thankful that he is our coach and that he has come yeah. home and he has restored order to Georgia football. So and I could... Here's the thing, and here's the reality. This, this is a fact. Is, sit with Gary, sit down, Jeff. Um, yeah. Georgia going to lose the football game eventually. Okay, There's eventually going to come a day when Georgia's not going to win a football game. But coming off that national championship, I'll admit to you, and I think you'll probably agree with me on this, Missouri scared the crap out of me. I thought we were going to lose that game late in that game. Um, there was really no other scares. There was a close game against Kentucky, closer than a sh- uh, the week of playing against Tennessee, I, I kind of played my game a little bit of, of, are they as good as we are being told they are? Are they just run all over Georgia? Um, what I'm trying to get at here, that what I'm trying to make make a point is that eventually when Georgia loses that game, I don't want it to be against Missouri. I don't want it against Tennessee. I don't want it to be Florida. There is no shame in losing an SEC championship game or a college football playoff game, and that's what we've earned the right to get to where we are now. And I'm not playing to beat us. I'm not setting myself up for, for a, a loss here. But eventually when it comes, I'm just glad that we navigated the season after the Natty and we didn't fall on our face at Columbia, Missouri, or somewhere silly like that. that would have, but we earned our way to get into my goodness, Joe. If we lift this trophy again two years in a row, there better be a 100-foot statue of Stetson Bennett right outside of Sanford Stadium because that, that, that story will never repeat itself. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what else will be happening. I I want to say you'll be on the planning committee for the Stetson Bennett statue. And I bet the people over at Walt Disney will be wanting to put together a movie script about who would play oh, yeah. Stetson Bennett in a movie. Get Disney involved. I mean, I mean, I mean. But between that and the statue of Stetson Bennett, if we're able to pull this off, it's it's just unbelievable. It really is. To think about where he came from to where he is now. I think it's going to come out in about 2030 to about 10 years on Disney+. Plus, And I say we call it Underdog with D-A-W-G, the Underdog. Everyone heck of a movie, man. I like it. I like it. So keeping with the Georgia football talk here, Logan, and one of the areas that we were concerned about at the beginning of the season was Georgia's defense. It does, however, have a good mix of youth and veterans, and it's gotten better as the years progressed. And so what position group has grown the most to make this Georgia defense so dynamic? You know, I think the linebacking Chris Smart has perfected 
Uh, think back to 2017, Roquan Smith was running across the field, and we thought, man, there is no way we're ever going to get another Roquan Smith. And what did we do? We replaced him with a Nicobe Dean. Uh, we thought Nicobe Dean, oh my gosh, there's never going to be another Nicobe Dean. Then we replaced him with Jamon Dumont, Dubitz Johnson. Uh, just running, running uh, every linebacker, and this goes for inside and outside linebacking, is that Georgia should be in more conversations called linebacker U. I know we have the running back U mantra that we love to tout, and we're, we deserve that, but it, LBU in Georgia should be going hand-in-hand, man. What they've done in that unit is just absolutely special. And uh, it, there's really no slowdown in sight. I mean, with National Signing Day today, a few more linebackers signed on that I think are going to be the next in line for those, those types of players we just talked about. But I hate that we lost Nolan Smith back in the Florida game. We really could use him for these next two games. Uh, but just, just the, the outside, the, the middle, just everything about Georgia's middle defense. So you, see, you can run the ball against Georgia, but once you get by the defensive line, you're going to get popped by by a linebacker right away. And if they get by them, you're going to have a safety breathing down your neck. I mean, it's just a smothering defense, and that's Kirby's specialty. I mean, when he signed on to be our coach, we knew the defense was going to take a huge step. It's, it's a joy to watch, man. So I think that linebacking core, you're never, as far as we can see into the future right now, we're all one of the best linebacking units in the nation, man. It's just, it's just so much fun right now. It, it really is. It really is. And so keeping with the defensive conversation, Logan, so Jalen mm-hmm. Carter is probably the most talented player on the Georgia defense. And even with Ohio State trying to double and triple team him, who, who are some Georgia defensive linemen that you expect to play well while Jalen is attracting so much attention? So I think I think Nazir Sackhouse is a prime example of why you stick it out, you waste your turn, you don't transfer because you're not unhappy with playing time. You grow, you develop, you do everything that Kirby Smart is his company is his coaches will get you to do and your time will come i love watching the zero stackhouse play i don't know if you're on tiktok joe if you ever watch ever mess with tiktok do you ever look at it i well i'm not a i don't have one on my own but i look at yeah. my girlfriends Gotcha. Well, well, do, do you, don't, you don't have to make TikTok. I don't make them, but I look at TikTok a lot. Nazir Stackhouse has a TikTok channel that he brings you behind the scenes of basically all of Georgia football, and he's really good at narrating it. Oh, that's so, cool. Uh, go, go find him on TikTok when you get a chance. It's really cool to see. But uh, but he's he's phenomenal, obviously. I love this freshman, Michael Wilman. That was such a good flip this time last year when we got him to not go to USC and instead stay at home. He's from down there. Where is he from? Uh, Carver, I want to say, or somewhere in that area. Uh, but for him to stay in Athens or pick in Georgia and play, he's been an absolute gem as a true freshman. And it's going to be a big task for him to, to play these next few games in this uh, this level as a freshman. But he's phenomenal. Tyrion Ingram Dawkins is another player that I really saw come on strong this year. And I love the edge. I love the outside right now, man, on that line. I think Marvin Jones, if he can get healthy, and I don't know if he will be or not, uh, to play against the Buckeyes, that's huge. And then without Nolan Smith, you're going to need that edge rush, edge locked down because Final uh, Munden, he's been phenomenal too, but that's sort of in that, that linebacking role, but uh, it, it's just that whole defensive line around Jalen Carter is such an amazing compliment, and I can't wait to see Jalen go one or two, probably two. I don't see Houston passing up on Bryce Young, but I think Jalen Carter's a surefire top three pick, but I'm expecting him a lot of mocks to go number two, man. It's great. Did you get, by the, by the way, I don't know if you saw my picture of this, there's a tournament some artist in Athens made, they painted Jalen Carter holding up Jaden Daniels, the LSU quarterback with the number one up. It's phenomenal, man. That's now on my tree forever. I love it. Wow. Wow. That, that's really cool. That's really cool. I'm trying to think back if I've seen that or not. I'll, I'll have yeah, I'll, to... I'll take a picture of it. It's, it's awesome. Awesome. 
awesome. Well, well, now we're going to jump over to the offensive side of the offensive side of the ball for the dogs. And so Georgia's offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, is very creative and a very bright offensive mind. And so you, do you expect Georgia to have any special wrinkle or some kind of trick plays up its sleeve for Ohio State? I absolutely do. I think uh, I think Todd Munkin, just like the Georgia fan base, is addicted to big games. I've used that term a lot this, off, this regular season. I think we have become addicted to big games, whether it's Oregon in uh, the bench to start the season, whether it's Tennessee coming to Athens, uh, going down to Jacksonville, you know, but just you know, throughout the season, you'll get games that are much, much bigger uh, than others. And I think it's the SEC championship game, you feel that in five. And I think Georgia and I'm not faulting players. I'm not faulting the coaches. I'm not even faulting fans. I think that we have become so accustomed to being on a big stage and recently winning the stage that we all collectively get up a little bit more excited for. There's a reason that we were sleepy against Kent State. There's a reason that we let Missouri punch us in the mouth for two and a half quarters and put a little scare. It's because we did not play up to what we should have that day. And I think Kirby will correct that. But when we get back in Mercedes Benz on New Year's Eve and Ohio State's on the other side, I hope Georgia goes up tempo offensively all night long and tries to score 60. Um, I think they can. And Georgia go play fast where we look unstoppable. Uh, get those big tight ends brought out. Aren't a lot ball, but I think we're going to talk about it in a few minutes here. Uh, but I, I absolutely love Stetson Bennett play uh, fast. And it, there's no there's no doubt in my opinion they can stop that. So I think Todd Monk has been seeing his chop the last couple of weeks. And in Ohio State, really good team, but they're not the stout defense of the SEC like this Georgia team has gone up against a lot. Yeah, and that's a long way to answer the question, but I think Todd Monk has uh, some, some extra chapters in that book that we're about to open up. I can't wait to see it. Definitely agree with you about that. And I also think another thing that gives Munkin a lot of peace at night is knowing that he's had o- over, I want to say maybe like three or four weeks to a month to really get prepared and to really dive into Ohio State. I, I definitely think, I mean, all you have to do is just go back to the playoff last year and the trick mm-hmm. play with McIntosh to A.D. Yeah. Mitchell. And I I just got I just a feeling that Munkin's going to have a couple special things up his sleeve for Ohio State. Definitely stuff that he and the other offensive coaches have really looked at. And I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right about the Georgia fan base, the coaches, everybody in general. I think we. I think. I think you're right. I think Georgia is addicted to big games. I've never. I've never thought about it like that. But this. But since you said that, and I think back to it just just in the brief time that we've been talking, that that makes a lot of sense, Logan. That really well, does. I mean, th- think about the first game of the year, September, uh, whatever it was, Labor Day weekend. Play Oregon. We were all excited for that game. We Strong at the bend. We put 49 on the Ducks. And the very next game is a 4 o'clock kickoff in Sanford against Sanford. I want to say that's right. right. That atmosphere stunk, and I don't blame anybody for it. And what are we supposed to do, like get excited about Sanford knowing that we're supposed to put up 50, 55, or 60, and we will. And I think Bama's been dealing with this sort of problem for a while, where Nick Saban basically begged Bama, hey, don't leave when we're up 40 in the, in the third quarter. Like, that fan base has been addicted to winning like this for over a decade. And I think we're getting there. It, it's a good and a bad thing. It's good because you're obviously winning, and you're, you're a caliber of a team that you can be on that level. But it can be bad where you get a little bit lackadaisical here and there. But uh, just keep playing. This is also where you know, I think the expansion of the playoff, which let's, let's set aside time for another show we can really dive into the, you know, the playoff one. But it, I think that's going to help in the terms of more big games. And I think it's going to help with the scheduling as well, which we've already seen that Georgia's got a lot of really good non-conference games coming up. I think that's good for everybody. But we're, we're getting where we need to be. I think it's a good thing to work with, like you said.
it. No doubt. No doubt. And so, Logan, the final topic we have, talking Georgia football, and particularly on the offensive side of the ball, are Georgia's tight ends, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. And so, I see the two of them as they're going to command a lot of attention by Ohio State. And so, who are some other pass catchers that you could see having big games against this Ohio State defense? I think it's it's almost like the first time that we're getting A.D. Smith back uh, now. I, mean, I know he was on the field during the FD championship game. Uh, I want to say he had one, maybe two targets, and it just didn't really click then. But he wasn't 100%. He's month off between the SEC championship and this uh, college football playoff thing is perfect. That is exactly what A.D. Mitchell needed, where he can kind of take some time off on the training table, really get that thing right. I, I believe that he does not need as many practice reps, maybe as some younger freshmen. I think he's already trusted to play in these big games. And uh, as we saw January 10th in Indianapolis, the man knows how to play in big ones and uh, catch those things. So I love that he's coming back at the right time. I think Marcus Roseme Jack Saint has really picked it up uh, recently. He's made some big plays at some big times at Tennessee catch. I uh, had a couple of catches against LSU as well early on when it was back and forth. And I love that we're finally seeing his potential. Don't count out Dominic Blaylock. He may not be the NFL prospect. He may have been without the double torn ACL, but he's moments here at the end of the season too. So I think they're both both phenomenal. Um, but just it's so silly to think that we have Brock Bowers for another season next year. Uh, Darnell will probably end up going to the draft based on blocking alone and being a multi-millionaire as a result. But take it, going back to your thing about Todd Munkin, and the question there, use these guys. Use the heck out of them. And Mercedes-Benz on New Year's Eve, man, and if they just start to sell out on them, like you said, then let's find an Arian Smith or an A.B. Mitchell or Marcus Rosemead somewhere over the middle. So Georgia can run the ball, and I think Georgia will run the ball a lot early, but I, I really see Stetson maybe throwing that ball 26, 27 times and, and, and just all of balance offense. I think we can it, it really is exciting to see what this Georgia offense can do. And I know all the fanfare surrounding Stroud and the Ohio State receivers and stuff, mm-hmm. but, but you flip it over and you look at this Georgia offense and you're thinking to yourself, how is Ohio State going to stop the two tight ends yeah. in the middle of the field? A.D. Mitchell, Arian Smith, a guy who you mentioned, who for my money has got to be the fastest guy on the team. And I, yeah. I, I definitely think Arian Smith is a guy that I think can make a major impact against Ohio State if Malkin wants to take the top off the defense. I, I definitely think Georgia can score 50. I, I know that sounds crazy, but I think Georgia scoring 50 could come with relative ease. The, the thing is about this game that's different than others, I do believe that Ohio State can punch back and punch back off. Um, think about the Georgia-LSU game where it was 50-30. to 30. There were some big plays that LSU hit on that thing. And and the score 50-30 to 30 doesn't look that sexy until you realize that Georgia was up 35-7. to 7 and really dominated that thing and kind of took its own foot off of the gas late. Joe, I see this game, if you want my just full-on prediction, I think it's going to be something around like 28 to 21 at halftime. I know that sounds a little bit crazy for a Georgia defense to give up that much that that quick, but I think this game is going to be a lot of punching back and forth, some big plays even on both sides. And then Kirby, I, I hope, God willing, does what he does, makes those second half adjustments and really put some defensive wrinkles into the second half and let Jalen Carter in those ears back and just rough the you-know-wolf out of C.J. Stroud, make him make some mistakes. And then I think Jordan can pull away a little bit, but but I don't think we're going to go in this game just expecting a 35 nothing. here here we go. Or what, what was Georgia-Tennessee? You blinked your eyes, it was 21-3. to And I don't 
see that happening in this game either. So much, much respect for that Ohio State offense. But like you staged this, this question about can they keep up with Georgia, I think is the big question, man. So, I, I did, man, how many days? We have 10 days from recording this. T- 10 days, 10 days. Really do. A pop's do Miss Johnson away, Logan, number 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love it. I wish it was tomorrow, man. I know we got a, we got a week and a half. We got to get through Christmas and all that before we get to it. But like I said, I wish the thing would happen now. I, I can't wait to see it. D- couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And Logan, I really appreciate you coming on this week course, and man. talking all things Georgia football and getting your insight as we get prepared for the Peach Ball between Georgia and Ohio State, as well as talking some Georgia hoops with me. Always enjoy your insight and perspective, my friend, and we look forward to having you on the pod again. Thank you. Anytime, Jim. Always a pleasure, man. Look forward to the next And so that was a really good interview we did with our man Logan Booker, talking all things Georgia hoops and Georgia football. I always enjoy Logan's insight. I listen to he and David Johnston every morning on the morning show in Athens on 960 The Ref. The two of them are definitely the best way to get your day started, talking all things dogs. And like, like I've said before, Logan and I have built up a relationship from when I used to go into their studio on the morning show, and I used to do what was called four in the fourth hour and so i used to ask he and dave four different questions about you know whatever sport you know whether it be the braves or the hawks or the falcons or georgia or whatever and that's kind of how logan and i's relationship was formed um i always used to bring in donuts too and that always used to score points with logan and dave so when i think back to those days during my days in athens those are some of the best memories i have and i'm just very thankful to have such a good friend like my guy logan booker he is truly the man the myth the legend and he is a huge huge georgia guy and a very proud georgia alum like myself i think that's why we became such good friends so anyway guys i want to tell you about fanforallseasons.com it's our website you can go you can check out all our past episodes with this episode with logan and i'll be dropping tomorrow either late morning or early afternoon so you can check that out you can go to the listen now tab on our website you can also go to our merchandise store and you can see what kind of merch we have we have our comfy colors sweatshirts and hoodies and t-shirts as well and the alternate logo i know we're coming up to christmas it's the 21st christmas is on the 25th so four days away if you want to do like a late christmas gift get him a fan for all seasons hoodie or one of our alternate logo shirts whether it be in white or black so check that out as well on our website under the shop merch tab and if you like this podcast if you're interested in learning more about it give us a like give us a subscribe on any major podcast platform that's fan for all seasons you can check us out and so guys one last thing to do it's time to get one last word from our sponsor this week and fan for all seasons is brought to you in part by georgia smoke barbecue authentic original smoked barbecue catering you can learn more at georgiasmoke.com so for my guy logan booker this has been jam and joe and this has been another exciting installment of the fan for all seasons podcast see ya go dogs merry christmas and a happy new year